Nyata. Hello. It's Alison from a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. So, I ordered a latte and I don't know whether the barista was having a bad day or whether the coffee shop's going downhill. But I was given a flat white and the milk was too hot. And if I'm going to spend four bucks on a coffee, the least they can do is get it right. But, you know, hashtag first world problem. And then I was getting dressed and it's common time. And that means I like to wear a bit of green. But green looks kind of weird through my laptop camera. And anyway, I've worn this green top way too many times and I'm totally sick of it. And really, I have nothing to wear. But, you know, hashtag first world problem. And I have to admit that this reflection is a bit all over the place. The kids are doing remote learning and I can hear their voices while I work and I need to record the podcast in the car. How anyone expects me to work without a proper office or a sound studio or a secretary or a decent laptop, I really don't know. But hey, you know, hashtag first world problem. Now this is a space where I'm supposed to remind you of just how privileged we are. As members of the first world, we have houses and clothing and running water and a steady electrical supply. We have good medical care and superannuation and books and furniture and streaming services and shoes and many, many other possessions. And so I should remind you that many people do not have these things. And perhaps I should urge you to think about how you could help other people share in these privileges. And this would be a reasonable thing to do. But I'm not a reasonable person. And we are not a reasonable people. We are disciples of Jesus, a most unreasonable man, who views the world in topsy-turvy terms and tries to show us a world through his eyes. And he does it again in tonight's story. A man who owned many fields and other possessions came up to Jesus and asked him, What must I do to inherit life without limit? Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. Now when the man heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving. Maybe he went and sat on the couch in his big old house. Maybe he called a financial planner and reviewed his investments. Maybe he bought a new toy to cheer himself up. The story doesn't say. Instead, we are told that Jesus turned to his disciples and said, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Notice what Jesus didn't say. He did not say that the wealthy landowner was privileged. He didn't tell him to be grateful for his privilege, and he didn't tell him to help others share in his privilege. Instead, he told him to get rid of his wealth because it was an obstacle to discipleship. Now when Jesus says this, his disciples are perplexed, and so might we be. And we probably wonder, first of all, whether we are truly wealthy. So let's be clear. We live in one of the richest countries in the history of the world. On a global scale, anyone who has a house and car, anyone who can afford to feed a pet and take it to the vet, that is, every one of us, has wealth beyond imagining. Even on a national scale, anyone who has a house is doing very, very well. And this is us. 
Indeed, we have a solid share in our nation's material wealth. We are wealthy and we know that it's a privilege and we know that we are blessed. So how can it be difficult for us, for us to enter the kingdom? Well, maybe, just maybe, the assumption that the rich are blessed is not one of God's assumptions. Maybe, just maybe, riches prevent us from entering the kingdom or the culture of God. Maybe, just maybe, wealth really is an obstacle to following Jesus. Because when we are rich, we can forget just how interconnected and interdependent we all are. Wealth insulates us from knowing our need of others and our need of God. Wealth hides us from the consequences of our consumption, the pollution, the dirty air, the dirty water. Wealth makes it feel unnecessary to trust in God's provision. Wealth gives us the illusion of control over our lives and our futures. And so, in all these ways, it blunts our faith. And it also blunts our compassion. For if we haven't experienced need, it is very hard to imagine it. If we don't know what it is to be hungry and nothing in the cupboard, why would we give our sister bread? She can eat cake. If we don't know what it is to be really cold, why would we give our brother a jacket? He can pull on an overcoat. If we don't know what it's like to live in a car or a shipping container or a leaky tent or a shed, why would we invite a stranger to sleep in our spare room? They can book a motel. For many of us, these very real human needs, needs which are felt in our region every single day of the week, are beyond the realm of our experience. And so we rarely meet them. Our riches insulate us. They make us so comfortable and so secure that on the rare occasion that we can no longer ignore the needs of others, we refer them to professional agencies. How then can the rich participate in the culture of God, which demands that we feed the hungry, we clothe the naked, and we love one another not through some abstract and kindly social policy, but in real and material ways? Who among us can be saved? To the disciples asking this very same question, Jesus offers an answer. For mortals it's impossible, he says, but not for God. For God all things are possible. And God's way is the church or the community of faith, which provides an arena where the word of God and the people of God enter into a spirited conversation. Here, we are challenged to let go of the things which bind us, the things which give us the illusion of security and control. And as we journey with others, we begin to see just how impoverished we are, how mean, how shriveled up, how hard-hearted, how lonely, even as we begin to recognise that it is in our poverty and our deepest need that God most richly blesses us. Gradually, we learn what it is to love and to be loved. We begin to feel the real hunger of our brother, 
or the deep loneliness of our sister. Their need becomes our need. And we realize that we too can participate in God's work of healing. We too can enter into the culture of God and love one another in real and material ways. Social isolation, lack of trust, deep spiritual hunger, a sense of meaninglessness, failure to love, stone-cold hearts. These are the real hashtag first world problems. But in Christ we've been given a new identity that dissolves the labels of first and two-thirds world and invites us all to be poor. In Christ we don't need to strive to be rich and we don't need to pretend that we are not rich. Endeavours which consume us and turn us into liars. We don't have to guard and protect the possessions which so often possess us. And we don't have to hide our spiritual impoverishment. For when we humbly seek our treasure in heaven, our hearts will overflow. Friends, we are being ushered into the new reality, God's reality. A world that is pulsing with life and love. A community of the beloved who truly, materially care for each other. A culture where it's not the rich, but those who know their need of God and of others, who are truly and richly blessed. So I urge you to let go of all that binds you, to follow Jesus and to put everything you have into God's culture. And may Jesus lead you into even greater fullness of life. May the Holy Spirit be your help in times of need. And may God reward your faithfulness a hundredfold, with houses, siblings, mothers and fields, all given for a sharing economy. In the name of Christ I pray. Amen. There's always more to read on our website. That's sanctuarybaptist.org. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of our little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you can find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Eastern Ma Nation. Right now, Dianella is budding, Billy Buttons are bobbing, and the bush is bursting with life. Sharks have been in the bay, and they've headed out again. And the peace of the land and the waters and the rivers be with us all. Amen. <laughs>